Hello everyone, my name is Isaac Friend. I'm a songwriter from Richmond, Virginia, and uh, I'm in this room at In Your Ear, and it sounds, it sounds great. This room sounds great. Love it. I liked that. Southern-tinged grunge Americana. I'm a, I'm a townie, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> do people still use that word? Uh, you know, just the usual. Try to stay hydrated, try not to have a panic attack, you know. <laughs> Well, hello, everybody out there in podcast land with our podcast aficionados. Thank you so much for hitting play on This Room Sounds Great. We know that while you're out there multitasking, you know, rolling sushi and tinting your eyelashes, you chose us. Gold star for This Room Sounds Great. We're so excited. And I'm excited because today we get to chat with singer-songwriter Isaac Friend. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How yeah. are you? I'm good. It's been a good day. <laughs> if you will introduce uh, the type of music that you are, I said singer-songwriter, but if, if you can give anybody, everybody a little more of an idea of what your sound is and um, how long you've been doing it in Richmond, because I, I know you through a few music circles, and it seems to me that you were here, and then you went away, and now you're back. So yeah. what is your geographic trajectory here? Um, so I was born and raised in Richmond. Uh, moved to Denver. I, I was in Colorado for a little over two years, and then moved back in this uh, during the pandemic uh, in this past year. And um, yeah, as far as music, I uh, originally started playing drums in bands, and drums is my first instrument. So as far as that goes, it's pr spread it throughout, like you know, rock, blues, uh, hip hop, kind of straight beat kind of stuff. Like I really like, uh, you know, and a travel doing that kind of thing and uh, songwriting I I guess I kind of like a folk Americana rock and roll uh, with some uh, yeah I don't know I've, I've heard different <laughs> things from different people I hate that question <laughs> honestly I, I hate that question we'll say singer song yeah I How write guitar I write most of my songs on a guitar or a piano uh, and I start with a chord progression and then I'll hear a melody and so I'll map out the melody and then I'll write uh, words that kind of go with that melody and then I'll iron it out and sometimes it takes uh, 15 minutes and sometimes it takes eight years. Yes, I hear that quite often with yeah. musicians. Yeah, yes. I'm not unique in that way. Yes, sometimes yeah. you're you're just this conduit, this vessel and it just flows right through you and it's there and other times people agonize over that, that scrap of paper over yeah. and over. Yeah, I've had songs that are done except for maybe a couple of words <laughs> and I just can't. I, I, I let go more than I used to. I used to like sit on it and just like ironed out till it was perfect and then it would be not perfect and then I would come back a year later and I'd be like oh that was perfect or that was shit or <laughs> uh but now I'll like write something and be really attached to it and if and then I'll come back to it later and see how I feel but I've been trying to be better about just writing bringing it to people you know other artists to to collaborate with or and what is it it's better to be done than perfect yeah it's better to just finish it than have yeah it I mean perfect. which is why this single that I'm putting out is the first single I put out under my name because I've always played with other people and kind of hidden behind is other that people's right? talents. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing in bands since I was 15. I'm 34. Okay. 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 Uh, and I've always been under different band names where I'm either a primary writer or, uh, you know, contrib contributor. And Well, we normally do this a little bit later, but since you did say it's the first thing you've put out under your own name. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it twice. Yes. Everybody can go to Spotify to find this, but here is a little snippet. Follow your dreams, 
gonna go right Grass is greener on the flip side Well, I've been there too Still felt blue Good as heaven's in your heart Hell is in the mind Fake it till you make it Stay kind Cry your eyes out Get them next time Grunge Americana recently. Ah. I liked that. Southern Tinge Grunge Americana. They've coined a new phrase. So I'm like a dirtier now, Kurt Vile or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> now this one is called How is LA? But you were actually in Denver. So uh, let's get back to my first question when, when we were talking <clears> about you going from Richmond to there. Was it music that took you to Colorado? Yeah. So okay. I moved out there with a writing partner um, and she and I were in this, uh, this band together and uh, we just kind of randomly, I have a bunch of family in Denver and sh- her sister was living in Denver. Um, and so we were thinking about LA and New York and then Denver just became the obvious choice. Went out and visited and like, yeah, I've got a bunch of family there. I like the vibe of Denver. It's, um, yeah, loved it out there. But we, yeah, we just landed and then we just started playing open mics and then we connected with people and they connected us with these people and then we got put on these shows and then it just I went from not knowing anybody and being in this like basement that I was renting from this person not knowing anybody it was (laughs) it was so those two and a half years were extremely formative times as a person and especially as a songwriter and, and musician cut a lot of chops out there yeah yeah I've been playing for a very long time but in the last couple years I feel like I've come back here very new. And but you like, came back. Woo! Yeah, I'm back here. Yeah, my, my partner's here, and we both have kids, and we all have a blended family and live mm-hmm. together, and it's really beautiful, and so being here was uh, obvious. Yeah. I think it's great. What, what is your favorite thing about the Richmond music scene? I mean, honestly, for a long time, it was the only one I ever knew. I had a hard time when I left. I had, you know, a serious detachment. I felt... Uh, I was so worried about leaving this, the only thing that I've ever really known. You know, I've played in a bunch of cities, many cities, but, you know, haven't really had strong connections to entire scenes. I mean, maybe artists or songwriters or bands or uh, stuff here and there, but not like a a connective uh, network. Well, you were born and raised here. It's not like you just went to college and then stayed. I mean, your entire life was here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a a townie for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do people still use that word? (laughs) And what do you think of the scene now that we're, things are opening back up? I mean, for a while I was asking everybody about the music scene pre-pandemic, but now that we are starting to open, I'm seeing uh, musicians' calendars fill up as they post. What's it looking like for you? It's weird. I don't know. I think in my mind I'm still in this like dream state of um, not knowing really what's happening, processing what has happened, and not knowing what's going to happen. So I, I feel think like we I'm all kinda, are, Isaac. Yeah, I think we all are, you know, and there's that anxiety that comes with that, the, the, you know, the fractured remains of hope that come with that. And, uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, I haven't been booking any, any shows, really, other than, you know, getting paid to sing at breweries and wineries and, 
you know, other places. Uh, it's got to be a snowball. Like it's got to. Yeah. You know, places where you go to, to entertain people who are talking and doing their thing, and which is fine. It's, <laughs> it's a great lesson in humility and a good way to, you know, get paid to practice your own songs, which is nice. <laughs> so I don't want to take that for granted. No, not yeah. at all. What's been one of your favorite performances? Uh, like ever? Ever, yeah. Um, I played this festival in Colorado and played right before Bonnie Raitt. I can't say I opened for her, but we played on that stage a couple a uh, couple years ago in Fort Collins, Colorado, and that was incredible. You got any pre-show rituals when you get out there? Uh, you know, just the usual. Try to stay hydrated. Try not to have a panic attack, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Better living through chemistry, right? Yeah, you know, and uh, that's that's really it. Just try to stay distracted and in, in, engaged in something without overthinking. I think life is just a constant state of trying not to overthink everything for me. Yeah, I, I concur. I mean, maybe that's kind of lame. You know, some people are like, oh, I drink, I do all this stuff and I just go crazy and we, uh, you know, get tattooed in the back by somebody and, you know, we drink a bunch of whiskey and then we slap a bag. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just like, I, I call my dad and I try not to have a panic attack. And I debate whether or not I'm going to take, uh, you know, beta blocker or not. And then, <laughs> and then I don't. And then I regret not having done so. Yeah. <laughs> when you were playing with the other bands, uh, how much of yourself did you get to contribute? I mean, were you there just filling a role in that band or did you get to really express yourself? And then you've taken that and now you're doing that on your own. Um, growing up, it was always drums. You know, I played drums for bands and um you know, cut chops was songwriting through collaborative efforts with other people and um, beyond just listening to music and being obsessed with music and listening to music and having to chop it up and put it together in a way that makes sense um, and connects to people. Uh, but yeah, as far as drums, I mean, I was able to say, hey, this sounds good. That doesn't sound good. But I think that I didn't trust my gut enough and I... You know, I think like in all areas of life, you kind of go with the person who's most confident, whether or not the, they're the most competent. And I think I just was excited to be in a band and have friends that loved this thing that I loved. And that was from, you know, super young age when I was in band playing clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> and my boy Tyrone was playing drums and he was so sick. And uh, he grew up a church drummer and I was playing clarinet and I was just watching him for the last two years of middle school play drums. So... You know, I was, I feel like I've always been in a constant learning state. And then later on, once I realized that I, I, you know, I feel comfortable like with what I, with what I know and what I like and what I don't like to kind of say, um, to say how I'm feeling if, if the floor is open to that, but you know, it depends on what kind of, uh, egos you're working with. Oh, band dynamics. Yeah. yeah. I don't have much of an ego. I mean, I do in the way, in terms of like how I analyze myself or overanalyze myself, but as far as, I don't know unhealthy dynamic especially when you're younger you're like man I, it's like staying in a relationship because like one element is really good but the rest is terrible mm -hmm. it's like if the music's really good but you all hate each other like we all everyone who's ever been in this room knows knows yep. that yep. um but you play well with others is what you're i saying. do i'm very easy i don't know if it's from being a dad or from being the oldest sibling or i i'm a pretty diplomatic uh even-tempered person <laughs> most of the most of the time uh who are you listening to growing up who were you drawn to Oh man. Oh, what will I admit? Uh Oh no, you have to admit now with a smirk on your face like that, you've <laughs> gotta tell us your guilty pleasures. Oh god. Um so obviously Neil Young, Hendrix, Tom Petty, all the great songwriters, all the all the reasons that I uh 
you know, have gone through every music phase that I have and have come back to playing an acoustic guitar, you know, and writing on that. So all, all of those guys, Paul Simon, uh, all the stuff that my parents were listening to that I loved, Dylan, The Wallflowers, um, yeah, all the good songwriting stuff. And then the stuff you don't and then, admit. And then in middle school, oh my God, in middle school, I think it was like, I was so stoked about my, uh, about my Limp Biscuit collection and corn <laughs> and Godsmack and all of that shit. <laughs> all of the new metal. Uh, yeah. My I never got into Slipknot, but I tried. I just I couldn't do it. But yeah, I saw like the new metal stuff. That was a very, very brief phase, but it's a part of my reality. So. Oh, hey, my sister Sue and I me. went to the festivals and wore, wore knee high combat boots. Oh, yeah, I was wearing Jinkos and. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chain Jinko. wallets. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, that, I'm that generation. <laughs> yeah. What do you like to do in your free time? Do you have any strange hobbies or a, a sport or crazy collection you've got? Uh, what brings really. you little moments of zen and flow? I mean, you, I know you've got kids, so I'm imagining there isn't a lot of free time. Yeah, not a ton, um, but I like skating with the kids. I grew up skateboarding, and I love skateboarding with mm -hmm. my son. He's 13. Uh, and Is he still letting you stay close, or is he... Is he wanting to do his own thing at this point? It depends. I give him space when he needs space and like engage Whew. when it's yeah, as much as I can. It's a coin toss at that you know? age. Even when I'm tired. So yeah. that, yes, I'm interested in this thing that you're telling me. Eyes glazed over. I love you. But also leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, they're funny. They still, they still, uh, yeah, that's a funny age. Yeah. They still, they still want to hug when no one's looking. Yeah. Any parent will tell you that. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> listen and listen as much as I can. I engage and hang out and participate. You know, it's just, yeah, it's like having a friend that you have to feed and get to school and sometimes yell at <laughs> minimally. <laughs> yeah. What was your first piece of music and what format was it on that you purchased for yourself? My first purchase was in the Twin Towers in New York City. <laughs> and um, actually, no, that was that was later on. My first purchase was in Colorado when I was visiting my grandma. It was on my birthday, 97. And it was on tape. It was Hootie and the Blowfish and Mariah Carey and Nirvana. I think it was Nevermind or In Utero. And then shortly after that, I was in New York visiting other family. And it was in the top of the Twin Towers. And I bought Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, melancholy and the infinite sadness Great one. and I think Great I listened one. to that obsessively I actually listened to that again recently uh, and it just brought back oh my god all that feeling I was like holy shit this was it's physiological isn't it so yeah it brought yeah. me right back I went on this walk and I was like I'm gonna go for a walk and listen to my favorite songs I must have walked I must have walked like seven miles mm -hmm. it was like a long time it was like several hours mm -hmm. I was like man this shit is so good <laughs> it's so good yeah that's what, that's what it does it takes you right back there yeah um, yeah <laughs> pumpkins pumpkins were one of my biggest like early loves now do you yeah. have to have a day job or do you get to do music now yeah so i paint houses mm -hmm. i uh okay. i've got a small interior house painting business and mm -hmm. yeah so if you're listening let me paint your house i'm very good <laughs> at it and uh i'm affordable we're always interested to see if people are you know just trying to string it together or if they sort of like this on the side until things really get rolling or just how they spend their time yeah it's something that i started doing like gig work during the pandemic out in colorado and then i realized i got good at it and uh you know had the opportunity to practice on friends and family's houses and 
you know, random pieces of drywall and uh, it's something people hate. So we're so happy you do it. it. I cannot believe that people hate painting as much as they do. I mean, I can believe it because it's it's difficult, but I'm I like it. I like it because I get to work by myself or with somebody else that I get to choose to work with and uh, generally have no one else around. I can listen to music or a podcast like this one. And uh, yeah, hopefully not fall off a ladder, which I almost did the other day. (laughs) Two days ago, I almost, oh my God. Keep it balanced, Isaac. Yeah, literally. (laughs) What, um, you know, I asked if you have any gigs on the books now, but are you a structured and organized planner for your career? Are you happy just to do this as time allows? What And what's going to define success for you? I mean, it is a priority. It's always been a priority. I think I've always, I've had a problem with organization. I've had a problem with um, feeling, not to get too like heady, but just the idea of being like, oh, is this good enough? Ah, there's no, you know, whatever. I'll just keep writing. And I mean, I've got four albums worth of music and I'll say that it's, it's all passably good. <laughs> I'm good with all of it, but I haven't put any of it out because uh, I've just been like, ah, oh, no, instead of doing that, I'll I'll do some work. I'll play drums for this band for a little bit, or I'll do some recording work here, or I'll help write this song for this other band, you know, just kind of hiding behind other shit so that I don't have to expose myself enough to be vulnerable to rejection, right. which is some, you know, and I'm in my 30s, so it's getting, it's getting past the point of no, no matter how much I'm ever told in my life, that's, I think that's an, something that nobody wants to admit, but, you know, I think as far as, you know, younger artists and my kids and, and, you know, just nobody feels like they're good enough. And the people who do probably aren't good enough. And, but I envy their, their confidence. I I envy it. I really do. But, um, it's sort of the struggle of the artist's mind. You know, there's, you know, we, you could call it left brain, right brain. You can call it the creative side, the business side. I mean, there are plenty of people who, uh, like yourself, are incredibly talented and you can gain the following. It's just for some people taking the time to do the social media. It's just not going to happen. They have oh, to pay shit. someone. My God. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, I'm doing it and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm relatively participatory with that. I need to be better. I mean, I've got friends who are like social media managers and they're like, you need to post five times a day. You need to post reels and stories. You need to be up on Twitter. You need to be, I'm like, I'm writing songs. Right. And like, if that means that I stay in my living room writing songs and I put it out and like, you know, there's only but so much to do and I'm doing it by myself, you know, and a lot, a lot of bands, they've got the bass player who's doing social media. There's another one who's uh, you know, writing press releases and distributing them and mm-hmm. following up with all that. Somebody's managing emails, somebody else who's creating merch and working on the the management and inventory and distribution of merch. And you've got all these different things that I'm doing all this by myself with, you know, uh, all the other elements of my life that are happening. So it's a lot. It's different than it ever has been because my life is different. And also the pursuit of my solo career coinciding with that. It's a lot to juggle. I mean, every day is an an unreal juggling act. <laughs> like, well, you're not alone. I mean, I know, yeah. you, you know, as you say, in this endeavor, you feel alone because it's you as the singer songwriter. But I hear that all across the board. Even even people, they're the lead in the band. There might be other band members, but these responsibilities default to them. And they just yeah. feel stuck. I mean, they they want to create, they want to perform, but they don't want to post pictures of them practicing and they don't want to post videos of their latest performance, much less remember all of the hashtags that have to have to go with it. And then yeah. contacting booking agents and the follow up emails of thank you so much for letting us play uh, it's a lot yeah it's, it's a, a whole lot, lot. So, but so I always like picking brains to see some for some people it is second nature and other people it is the bane of their existence yeah 
it's yeah <laughs> it's 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 such a weird dynamic to like write the way that I deal with trying to be as um deliberate and um transparent as possible but also having some like enough flowery language to like kind of hide behind the the bluntness of it and then and to be like to take the attention off of me 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 and have it be and because a lot of them um sound like they're about me but they're about other people or other situations spoken from the first or you know third person and a lot of them are directly about me about very you know personal things you know really as an outlet and you know it's always been for 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 me you know selfishly i write the songs because it makes me feel better and uh and then over time and playing them live and traveling, I've been l playing live and traveling. I've played in so many places and, and, and even without, and not knowing like what I'm doing, I've had no recorded music. I've had some t-shirts. Wow. So I've played so many places and didn't get emails. Like email lists are huge. I didn't get emails. Yeah. I didn't do any of that shit. Yeah. And I, and it just really, um, in retrospect, like you can't obsess over it because no, it's like, well, there's nothing no. you can do. You've got to just start where you are. But yeah, so I mean, right now I'm writing, I'm recording, and I'm just, I'm working, you know, got a distributor that's just sending it to everywhere. And then I'm just trying to get it to as many people as I can now that I'm uh, ready to to share stuff I've been working on. You know, the three songs that I'm putting out in a row, I've recorded in a snowstorm in Denver, mm. or at least the beginning of a couple of them in, in a, my buddy's garage home studio. Uh, he's a great engineer and musician, um, Hunter Hall, out there. there. Love Hunter. There's an amazing song you wrote for, um, or you wrote, and Jonathan Facka sang it when he was on our Shaco Sessions Live. I'm totally spacing on the name of it right now. Uh, it was one of the strongest he sang that night. Black River? I should go back. Night in Manhattan? Watch. I can't remember. It's probably Night in Manhattan, yeah. I'm going to do that one here tomorrow, actually. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And I saw you perform at the Camel uh, several weeks ago. Uh, it was Alice in the Reverie. Oh, yeah. And, you were there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there was another, another band, a cool 80s synth band. Oh, that was um, that was Ross Wright's band. Okay. Yeah, and Landon Elliott was playing drums. I think Rebecca Rafferty, uh, Ross's sister, oh, yeah. was playing. Yeah. Like, but you were incredible. Professor. You had There was a woman on keyboard. Yeah, that's, a, that's Ashley York. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that was our first time playing together, actually. Oh! Oh, well, it was great. Thank you. There was yeah. a lot of eye contact. I think there was definitely. <laughs> we were both shitting ourselves with anxiety. We had had the hardest day and then we had one practice and like every, I hadn't been to Richmond. I hadn't played in a Richmond venue. I haven't stepped foot in one. I haven't, like my old life, I, you know, was attached to very much the camel and I hadn't been there in three years. So it's kind of this old life, my old world kind of colliding with my new world, which was you know, with my partner and uh, her friends and family and like all those things colliding in the camel and like uh, having had one practice. Anyway, long story <laughs> short, nobody likes to admit this shit, but yeah, we had the worst anxiety. So we were just like looking at each other for like dear life. It came it across very well. It didn't come across poorly. Yeah. I, no, not I don't even bit. think about that stuff anymore because I'm just like, ah, nobody knows you're freaking out. Yeah. No, no, they don't. And then go on muscle memory and like, yeah, it's mm -hmm. cool. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It felt, it felt really good to do. Yeah. And then what is your goal? You know, like what? I mean, I don't get the impression you want to sell out stadiums, but I no. could be wrong. I mean, I want to be able to sustain my life playing music. I want to tour. I want to go city to city. I want to meet people and um, connect with people and play songs for people who want to hear them. And hopefully they get something out of them and helps them remember the, you know, a, be a timestamp or a soundtrack to something. I, you know, holding them to my, keeping them to myself. I've, I felt like has been 
I don't know. Like I've had a hard time being like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing, look at me, look like every part, like, you know, like this precedent that's been set by this, this world that we're living in right now. And I'm not like, you know, shitting on that because it's just the way it is, you know. But there's uh, got to be a happy medium. Yeah. And, but uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I just want to be touring to support songs that I put out, put out good music. First and foremost, I just want to write good songs. I want to reflect what I'm what's happening in my life or others lives or in, you know, in whatever I choose to write about and then, um, write a good song, find good bandmates or friends who are musicians, which mm -hmm. is, you know, got so many talented friends and, um, Richmond or, is teeming with them. Yeah. Between Richmond and Denver and, uh, yeah. And yeah, really great. <laughs> so the song, I focus on the song, you know, and if it's a good song, you know, I'll re record it somewhere and, get a good recording of a good song and then get a good mix and then get a good master and then try to put it out and hope that, you know, just try to tell people about it and hope that they tell their friends and kind of do this old school thing that, you know, is said to not really work anymore. And if that's the case, like if I had a ton of money, I would hire a PR firm or I would, hi sure. I would hire somebody to, yeah. to do that stuff. You know, it's kind of the benefit of having labels. Anyway, <laughs> skip that. What is the silliest way you've injured yourself? Um, well, two days ago, I, I, the guy who was spotting my ladder at this paint job, I was about 20 feet up in the air painting the ceiling and he wasn't holding the ladder the right way. So it slipped out and I was holding onto this windowsill. Yeah. Like would have like just totally royally just, can we cuss, can we cuss yeah. on the show? Mm -hmm. Just Ooh, PG 13. Yeah. Fucked up my legs. Like it would have been so bad. I wouldn't be here right now. Uh, so that's one I've gotten a lot of weird injuries. We um, love weird injuries. So we like the school, ones that nobody really saw, but you're going to tell us about now. <laughs> oh yeah, I um, yeah. Two days before starting a new high school in a new county in Virginia, I had moved from Richmond City to Henrico, and I was starting at Douglas Freeman High School. And two days before, I was doing backflips off of a jungle gym, um, and we were on our way. It was me and my friends. We were on our way to a Keller Williams show. <laughs> of all things and uh did a backflip off of this swing set on the top of the pole like where the swings hang from and a friend of mine kicked a swing out and my leg caught it as it was coming down and I broke both of my wrists catching myself on the ground and I had to walk a mile because it was in the middle of nowhere I had to walk a mile to his mom my friend's mom's house because she was in nursing school but she had just started nursing school so she bound my wrists like and um didn't know what she was doing so she broke them even more uh, when I got to the hospital, they could not cut them off fast. And so I got there, they had to put them in these Chinese finger traps that were hanging and like break them back together. And it was all cause I was doing backflips off a of jungle gym. It was absolutely what? terrible. And so I started this brand new school, not knowing anybody with two casts on my arms. And I had to write with this, <laughs> with this pen that looked like it was sad. Oh, it was sad. No. But it you were that sad. cool kid. You know what though? Talk about an impression because everybody went home and said, yeah, there's this new kid. He's got two casts on his arms. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think at the time I was just, I was like, man, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it. That's pretty noteworthy. It was a noteworthy <laughs> injury. I've had, I've had a lot of injuries, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was um, Bonnie Raitt the biggest celeb that you were close to? you have any good celebrity either just missed a celebrity or you, um, you uh, were speechless when you saw one? Um, I was in New York. I was at, I bumped into Fergie. <laughs> she was she was trying to exit through an entrance and she kept pushing the door 
And I saw that it was somebody, and I like I can't remember if I pulled it or pushed it, and uh, came out all flustered, and it was it was Fergie, and I was like, oh, that was Fergie. She couldn't open a door. Yeah, and so yeah, <laughs> I think that had happened somewhere else actually. I think she got paparazzi'd for something like that. But hey, what can you do? I could see that winding up on page six or something like that for sure. Yeah, met Dolly Parton <laughs> once. That She's really a national cool. treasure, you know. She is beyond national treasure she's an earth angel she is yeah she's the sweetest woman love her i saw her at hardly strictly bluegrass in san francisco decades Mm. ago and i had always thought in my mind nobody should ever cover john lennon's imagine i just feel like there are certain songs that uh, yeah i know people do and it's fine but when dolly covered imagine it changed my mind completely dolly could cover anything she was allowed she'd be yeah she'd be allowed i concur so who do you like to collaborate with around richmond right now um, honestly, since I've been back, it's just been mostly, uh, Ashley mm-hmm. and that's, I haven't really, and her brother, Michael mm-hmm. and her other brother, Austin, um, they're, they're in a band in Richmond called Sleepwalkers. And, uh, yeah, I haven't really hooked up with anybody else, honestly, since, and it's not even really the pandemic. I've just been every day is just so busy, you know, with, right. with her or the kids or any time that we don't have the kids, the downtime. Of, uh, I know that sounds lame, but it's pretty. It's life. It's, it's pretty fun. great. It's yeah. what it is. Who will be with you here tomorrow night? Um, Ashley and her brother, Michael. OK, so okay. Ashley York and Michael York. They'll be here. We've had a, we've had a couple of practices. Sounds pretty good. I think it's going to sound great. I think it'll sound good. It'll be a good time. You know, I, I, I love both of them and. Well, make sure you let everybody know on what little social you have so that they can tune in. And yeah. I'll be reading comments uh, as, as it's streaming. And then that way I can let you know when people are giving you high fives and flame emojis and everything yeah. else. Let me, yeah, let, it, let us know. <laughs> yeah, we're excited about it. We've seen uh, seen some of the other ones. We saw the one that uh, John Russell did, mm-hmm. which was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved that one. And um, we yeah. haven't, I, I, I might be biased, but I just feel like we haven't had a bad one. I just. No, the sound is great. The video is great. The interview is great. It's, it's, it's awesome. I, I think it's like, likened to like kind of KEXP kind of vibe. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And in the beginning, everybody was just so happy to have a place to perform. And even now that things are opening up, I think people just really enjoy being in the professional setting and, and kind of the intimate setting. Uh, I know people like a crowd and of course that nothing replaces having yeah. hundreds of eyeballs looking at you and you've got the feedback loop and. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about how different it is because we did this for about a year and then we started going to concerts and it was so fulfilling. We just forgot what that was like. But some, yeah. I mean, there's a, a real enjoyable experience about a nice intimate set. Yeah, I I love live shows. I love, I think I've just been so, I mean, all of us, like it's, I was at a lot in Denver. I mean, this the best, some of the best music venues in the country. Does I mean, dozens of them and they're all right there. You know, it's, it's, I've never seen anything like it. It was like such a strange you're just like walking down one street and there's eight venues and they're all having national head touring acts, you know, like with full capacity at every single one. So it's, you know, and I had friends who worked in, you know, worked in music for AIG or uh, Live Nation. And I was so lucky I had got hooked up to to go to a lot of these for free because, I mean, I couldn't afford, Ooh, you know, 50 to $100 tickets to all these shows. Yeah. So I was going, seeing all these live shows and just it was just such a an invaluable experience to to see but also to to like learn from you know Mm -hmm. I don't even remember what the question was but yeah (laughs) I miss I do miss live music but like 
I don't know. I, I would rather be in a studio. I would rather be in a studio writing and collaborating and um, retracking and editing and, and being in that like close collaborative writing and recording and mixing process. That flow state. It's my favorite place to be, favorite thing to do, hands down. Um, but I love taking those songs and playing them live, having having cemented them in a studio. And um, I just, I miss playing live. I really do. That, <laughs> you know, I was playing three, four nights a week before the pandemic and then, and then none at all. And it was weird. Like I was kind of, I was really bummed, but I was kind of, I don't even know why I was kind of relieved in this weird way. But I think that was just like the, I don't know, that dumb side of you that takes like, okay, I don't have to be in front of all these people. Thank God. <laughs> the anxiety even though this going, is going, like, you. Yeah. Even though it's like my whole life, but yeah, that's yeah, anxiety, <laughs> man. That's, it's, it's a real, the little it's, devil. It's a real one. Yeah. And where can people go for more information? Even if you're not current, current and always posting. I mean, I'm pretty good about Instagram. My Facebook, I, I was on Facebook. I have had an account since 2005 when I was at VCU and, uh, it just got deleted recently. I don't know what happened to it. It just disappeared. And I was in Michigan visiting my dad and it just, I tried to log on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my girlfriend called me and she was like, what happened? What happened to your Facebook page? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Of I've never heard. Just leaving. I had 30 days to appeal, but I didn't know that. Right. So I was just like, ah, whatever. It's Facebook. I don't really care. Yeah. But over time I was like, that's such a major tool for like ads and targeting ads and like outreach for stuff. So I've got these songs coming out and I've got, you know, a couple thousand people that I would normally reach out to. I mean, there's like, I don't know what I've got on Instagram. It's like 1400, 1500 or something, but what a weird Facebook is a different demographic and, and the ad, the ad yeah. ads on oh, Facebook yeah. are a totally different thing. So I kind of, uh, you know, it sucks, but I'm trying not to to think about let's that. let's work with what you got yeah so you can join tiktok you can join yeah. twitter <laughs> that's all to say i've got yeah i have a tiktok account i've never posted to it but i it's a great platform you know a lot of people hate it but i think it's a great platform if you're seeing the right stuff it's just like youtube you know depends on what you're looking for you gotta fish with the right bait yeah <laughs> well yeah. i can't wait to see you perform it's yeah be i'm excited i haven't been in here for so long it's been i think i uh i took some recording classes here with carlos and andrea years ago Oh my God, it must have been like 10 years ago. A girl in here had a, went into like epileptic shock because she got, she ate some shellfish before she came into class. And I had to like run out to her car and get her EpiPen, if I'm remembering this right, get her EpiPen and she, I think she gave it to herself or I, I can't even remember how the rest of Not it went. Not a Pulp Fiction moment, right? But Carlos and Andrew, they'll probably remember that. It was, it was uh, strange. We're going to have to ask them. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we can find you on for now, Instagram, Isaac Instagram, Friend. Spotify. Spotify. Um, I've mm -hmm. got a Bandcamp, SoundCloud, mm -hmm. um, okay. all that stuff. I, this this single isn't up on, on Apple because of uh, some distribution head, uh, issue that they had. Um, but the the EP and other singles will be up on Apple. Okay. So, yeah. Look it up on Spotify. Tell your friends. Look it up on Bandcamp. Pay for it if you want. Don't pay for it if you don't want to. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Everybody can afford it. Come on. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, we can't wait to enjoy you here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to us for the podcast on all the usual suspects. And of course, be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. YouTube, Facebook, Twitch for Shaco Sessions Live. That's a wrap.